With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Could it be you calling me down? down, 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 down. That foolish heart turns out and That on a beat. All that I am is all that you see. Welcome to another episode of the Bounce Pass by the Sports Mecca. With my colleagues Adam Dice and Brennan Deathbuffs, I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. Today, we have the great pleasure to be joined with former Oregon Ducks linebacker, Rodney Hardrick. You know, Rodney, I'm very fortunate that you were able to, you know, do this with us. We're all, uh, we, we all support, you know, Oregon and we're all in different parts of the country, like Brennan and Adam, they actually live in Oregon. They've been actual natives and now I've been supporting Oregon, even though I live in Kansas. So, uh, um, we're we're all different parts of the country, but um, but yeah, we're very fortunate. You know, you're able to come on. Uh, that's that's cool, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, we were fortunate to uh, do another podcast with the former Oregon player Dwayne Stanford. I uh, mm-hmm. way it, it feels like it was like five years ago, but it was like in <laughs> December, like leading up to the Rose Bowl. Um, so, oh, yeah. so, so, so it's been a little bit, so, so it's, it's been a little bit, but, um, just to start off, um, I guess, you know, with there not being, uh, Oregon season would have been going on like right now, but obviously, you know, the PAC 12 yeah. ended up, uh, canceling their fall season. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, since you've been removed from the program, you graduated in 2015, um, kind of, yeah. what's your thoughts on what you've kind of seen from Oregon since you graduated? Well, I don't know. You know, I, I think the, the the coaching change that's always hard for players. I think more than, than people understand. But I think uh, once uh, Crystal Ball got, got control of everything, and I think I think he, he's done a really good job of of creating a, a good culture. And I think that's what Chip Chip Kelly was successful at. And, you know, you think of all the good coaches, they're successful for long periods of time because of the culture that they have. And, you know, they're they're the ones that turn those three-star guys, four-star guys into five stars in college. So it's really nice to see it becoming home. And hopefully they have a staff that stays there for quite a while because, you know, when I was there in 2011, 2015, we had, you know, one of the most tenured staffs in in all NCAA. So, you know, having that culture and, you know, that, you know, that environment, you know, is really nice, you know, for the, for the guys and, you know, the community, the consistency. So, I mean, I I think it's awesome. I I think they have a really good culture. I got a chance to go up there and visit a couple of times. I took my wife and my daughter, one daughter at that time. And uh, it was amazing. You know, saw the new facilities and medical staff and everything, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going pretty well. I mean, keep that culture up, and you know, of course, they're doing a, a killer job recruiting, and and so eventually, you know, I think we'll be right where we're supposed to be. Yeah, and you know, I think, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but just uh, yeah. for Crystal Ball to 
bring Oregon to the Rose Bowl in his uh, second full season, and then you know obviously you know win the Rose Bowl um, was definitely impressive. But uh, I got asked though, like, is it gonna feel weird for you, like, not watching your own your alma mater play this fall? I mean, yeah, it's gonna be weird. Uh, I think this is one of the first seasons where I, I didn't play with anyone at all. You know, there were some some redshirt guys or guys that I seen on recruiting. You know, got the host. This might be one of the first years, maybe last year, this year, where I don't know any players personally. So you know, I'm really that alumni fan now, and um, I was really looking forward to it. You know, my my wife is now super into it, and you know. I finally got my man cave all set up. So I was excited this year. So, you know, I, I understand it. Hopefully, you know, things get on back on track, but I know everyone wants to watch the ducks right now. All right. Uh, I know Adam, you were, you were, you were thinking of some questions to ask about, uh, you, you were thinking of some questions you're going to ask Rodney. Do you have any in mind? Yeah. Well, while we're talking about recruiting, I want to go back to the start and talk a little bit about your recruiting process. And you know, which uh, which teams offered you coming out of high school, and what kind of what kind of led you to decide to go to Oregon? Um, well, recruiting for me it was weird. Cause I've had a lot of surgeries, and my junior year in high school, I think I played very little. I, I had an ACL and a, a broken wrist, and I, I don't think I played the full. I didn't play the full year at all. So starting my senior year in high school, I mean, there was a little buzz, you know, started as a sophomore, highly, you know, anticipated, and then I just didn't play. So my senior year, there were some people there watching, and I actually did pretty well on offense, got almost 100 tackles, something like that. Um, but, you know, when, when I I grew up playing with the same group of guys for 10 years, you know, from Junior All-American, and this was our last year together. We wanted to make it special. We end up winning CIF, but in, in doing all that, I told every recruiter, uh, USC, Oregon, and I told everybody, I don't want to deal with anything until my season's over. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this with my these high school guys, you know, focus on this. And and so, truthfully, I didn't go on many visits. I, I went to USC's, you know, uh, junior day, and I knew a couple guys that played there. So I went there all the time, UCLA's summer camp. I actually got an unofficial. I went to Boise State for a weekend because I had family up there. Um, but, you know, I, I put all recruiting on the back burner, and I believe our, our championship was on a Saturday. And um, truly one of the only recruiters that respected that wish was Don Pelham at Oregon. And, you know, that following Monday, he was in my house saying, oh, okay, what do you want to do? And uh, I kind of, at that time, I kind of already knew that I, I wanted to go to Oregon. I was kind of, you know, waiting for that, you know, official offer. But, you know, things kind of changed up in, for USC when Pete Carroll left. He, he took, uh, what was it, Ken Norton Jr., I believe. Um, he took some staff with him. So I, I was in the meetings. I, uh, you know, I knew a couple guys on there, one on offense, one on defense. So our, our alumni, you know, we were in uh, USC a lot. And when that staff change happened, it kind of put me back, and I started to look around. And but truly, I, I really want Don Pelham is hands down one of the best people I've ever met in my life, most influ, influ, influential person I've ever experienced. 
he's helped us out in so many ways. And I think really DP at that time, respecting those wishes, coming in my home, I cooked him a nice home cooked meal. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, yeah, it was that Monday, right after my season, I, I said, hey, I'm going up there. And I actually hadn't even been to Oregon yet. Uh, I haven't visited. But uh, Derek Malone, linebacker, uh, graduated 14, and Alejandro Maldonado is a kicker. We all went to high school together. Those guys are just one year ahead of me. So, they, you know, it was kind of home away from home. Those guys made it feel a little bit better. But uh, but truly, I think Don Fellon was the, the real reason that, but I ended up at Oregon, and and really, I grew up 45 minutes from USC, so it was either stay really close to home, you know, and be 45 minutes away, or go experience something new. And I'm I'm so glad I did. I had such a good experience in University of Oregon. Really, does it surprise you now to see just how dominant Oregon recruiting is in the state of California, especially where they've? I mean, really, right now. Oregon more dominant recruiting in California yeah. than USC, which we just never, I know. Never I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love stealing those five star guys. You know, they used to be guaranteed. Um, yeah. You know, of, of course, the facilities are nice. Um, the uniforms, people like that, and you may get some. You know, athletes that are young and really like that stuff and go there to experience that, and they want to look nice or take nice pictures nowadays, whatever it is. But um, I think that may draw a little attention. But once these guys go, and like with me and Chip Kelly and Don Pelham, really Don Pelham, once you get that culture and you become part of that family, like that is what is the most appealing. So they may like catch someone's eye, but once they go out there for a visit, it, it's a nice, it's a, this, the, the, Eugene is amazing. I'm, I was amazed when I went there. I never had Dutch brothers in my life. You know, got to go to track town pizza. I mean, it, the environment of that community and the, and the campus and, I mean, of course, the, the staff and everything. I think really holding people, and that kind of refers back to Crystal Ball and the culture that he's, or, you know, he's producing and, and hopefully he's there for a long, long time because I think that's really going to make Oregon a more dominant, consistent force. Uh, I'm glad Adam was able to ask you that question about uh, the recruiting in California because that was like on my mind, um, like leading up to this podcast. Like, huh, you know, I wonder what you know your thoughts were for California recruiting. But, um, uh, you know, let's kind of. I'm kind of curious. You know, when you started your uh, Oregon career, you know, obviously, you know, Chip. You, you know, you play with you play with two head coaches, Chip Kelly, and then Mark Halfridge. Yeah, Mark Halfridge. Um, yep. What what was your initial yeah. thoughts like uh, on Chip Kelly like when you first were there, and then comparing it to Mark Helfrich, I guess. I mean, I, Chip was a uh, was amazing. He was a uh, I think he was an offensive mastermind. He, he put everyone in the right places and had the right staff, you know, that was able, you know, to get the job done. Uh, I I don't know Chip Kelly. I think he's more of a businessman. Like Chip was very professional. You know, uh, get the job done. I, I mean, I, Mark Helfords was the same way, to be honest. But I think with with, with Coach Helfords, um, maybe he was a little bit more personable. He had a little bit more conversations. You know, I, I had some family stuff go on. Uh, you know, my last year right before the Rose Bowl, and and he was directly there for me and and, and helping me in every way. And um, I think he was a little more personal personal with the with the players. Whereas, whereas Chip, you know, was was all was all business. Not not either one is good or bad, but you know, I, I was fortunate enough to to play for both of them. 
you know, and 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 uh, yeah, I, I think they're both amazing coaches. I think they both did really well, honestly. Right. Um, what was the you know because you know Chip was there. He was you were there in 2011 and 2012. So you had him for two years, and then Mark yeah. Elfrich was your coach for three years. Uh, can you just kind of talk about one that that period because after you guys won the fiesta Bowl in 2012 there were the rumors circling like ah was this chip kelly's last game was uh was he gonna bolt to the nfl you know what's gonna happen can you like maybe kind of tell us what maybe you felt as a player like was there so much certainty like transitioning Um, to that I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I don't have the best memory at all. And, like, I, I could probably recite the whole playbook for you because, I, you know, I, I knew it by heart. But certain times and events, like, you know, are all foggy. I do remember, you know, uh, hearing all that buzz, and I believe I, – I, I really don't know. I believe after that that game um, – no, maybe not. It was the Alamo Bowl. I don't know. Um yeah, you, as you see, my memory is gone. But we, we were in our, our indoor facility. We just had, a, I think it was some sort of team or no coaches allowed. I, I don't know what it was. We were, we were doing some passing stuff, offense and defense, and then uh, he got everyone together. And we kind of knew when it was happening because he kind of walked in and it was weird that he was there. And um, then he, he told the whole team and everything. But but truly, that was towards the beginning of my, my time there. And and uh, I don't remember all the details and stuff. I, and and – and and Chip, it was he kind of engraved that in our minds that next man up mentality, and and he was true to that. If, if anything happened, the next man was just as good. You know, Ed Vernon Adams went down, and Jeff Lockie came in, and you know, and it did a great job. It, it's it, he had that real mentality. So he, honestly, he kind of prepared us for it. Like, oh, I'm I'm doing this, and then and we ended up being blessed enough to have uh, Mark Helford take over. So you know, I, I'm just fortunate enough to play for both of them. Yeah. Um, Adam, I knew I knew you were like we were. You were telling me like before we did the podcast, you had a question about like the uh, the different. You had a question about like the D coordinators, right, Adam? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we were. You had obviously mentioned uh, working with Don Pelham, and yeah. obviously you had uh, you had Nick Elioti as defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and Pelham as linebacker coach, and. Eventually, Pelham was able to take over at D.C. Can you maybe speak to the similarities and differences between those two guys, not just in scheme, but maybe in personality and practice um, and game prep and on game day? Yeah. Nick Aliota, he, he was amazing. I felt like he was a little firecracker. You know, he was always pumped and, and ready to go. He was jumping in with everyone. Uh, it, it was wonderful. Now, the scheme didn't change as, as, as much as people think. You know, as a linebacker coach, you wanna you wanna blitz and back them up and take the ball away 100 percent of the time. Um, so you know, we got to do a little bit more of what we wanted to do. Um, DP is very, you know, I think it might be most colleges, but linebackers do things a little bit differently. You know, if if teams if breakfast starts at seven and treatment is at seven o'clock, all of the linebackers that were there at six forty five, six fifty was kind of pushing in. You know, we were getting trouble. And um, it kind of engraved that in the linebackers. So everyone knew the linebacker stuff was lined up. You didn't go back to the locker room. You just went straight to practice. You know, you showed up early. And it was kind of nice because when, when DP took over, it kind of transformed to the whole defense. 
And so the kind of accountability and, um, you know, being early and, and holding each other accountable and doing things the right way all the time. Not that Aliotti lacked that at all, but linebackers have did stuff differently there for years uh, because of DP. And it's kind of funny, as a new guy, as a freshman, it's kind of annoying. You know, you, you don't really get frustrated with it or, or whatever it may be. You know, you don't want to wake up. But as you get older, you start to need those early morning treatments and need those extra time. And, um, you know, you want to get there early and study more film. So as you get older, you mature a little bit in college, you start to understand the reason of why DP was doing those things. But um, I'm, as far as, you know, the question, Aliotti and DP are pretty similar as far as scheme and everything. I think, um, uh, man, they're, they're just, they're, they're both great guys. I wish I could have everyone <laughs> all the time, you know. It, it, it was nice. With, with DP being the D coordinator, it was with me, Joe Walker. Um, I I don't know if Derek was Derek Malone was there or not. My memory, I don't know. I just remember, I remember us taking a lot more responsibility in our room. Um, we we kind of knew we knew all the playbook. We knew what we had to do. We knew what we did wrong, and uh, it was nice. We we kind of took a little bit more responsibility to make it easier on DP because he was you know doing a whole lot. Uh, but it, it was nice to see that kind of linebacker culture over the whole defense you know I, I think that was a really really nice nice transition um what uh when you were first starting out what was mm-hmm. a linebacker that was older than you that was like an upperclassman that you kind of looked up to and kind of like was like yeah. man if i follow this guy's lead i can be a premier player at my position you know uh what's kind of funny is uh i mean i kind of look to everyone uh, Michael Clay was super smart. I think I can confidently say I was smarter than him <laughs> towards, towards the end. But uh, Michael Clay taught me a lot of stuff um, in, in the um, in, in the classroom, in our meeting room. Um, but I lived with Kiko Alonso, Dion Jordan, and Josh Cadu for a few months, two thousand uh, end of 2011, maybe 12, so I, you know, sometime in there. Um, and living in that household, I got to kind of see, and I was, you know, I was a young guy. I got to see why these guys were good because they would come home and they ate healthy. They they were, they were amazing, you know, athletes. Um, they ate good. They, you know, they played a lot of Madden, but they were doing push-ups and sit-ups and, 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 and working out every single night, you know. And where, you know, typically in the dorm setting when you first get there, you're not thinking of doing push-ups and sit-ups, you know, uh, in the middle of a dorm, the first time you've ever been away from home. So I, I learned a lot from um, from Kiko and Deion Jordan, uh, Josh Kadu. I think all uh, – I think Josh went pro too. Those three guys went pro. And, and Michael Clay was a real uh, big guy in the, in the meeting room, in the playbook. So um, I kind of took a lot from everyone, uh, mostly Kiko. Just because I, you know, I was similar as far as the middle linebacker. I didn't do all that nickel dime stuff because I don't want to chase the fast guys. But um, I, you know, I like I like going against Stanford and that aggressive running, you know, running game. So if I could pick one, it'd probably be Kiko Alonso. But you know, that period of living with those three guys and also you know talking Michael Clay's ears off, um, I really learned a lot, you know, from those guys. And I was actually fortunate enough to be that guy. And to teach a lot, a lot of young guys uh, the same thing. So it's it's a, it's a cycle, you know. It's a big, it's a big, you know, wheel on a school bus, and you, you get off, and someone else gets back on. So eventually, I became that guy, and uh, that's just the linebacker culture that you know, we we had there. 
Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, Brennan, do you have uh, any? Uh, Brennan, you've had you had, you had a couple questions cooking before we started, but uh, do you have some that you want to ask? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, outside of like bowl games, what would be mm-hmm. that like? So that one game that you got that big defense stop on, that you felt like it was you, you ended the game right then and there, like you're you feel like you're on top of the world almost, like. You know, I think um, I had a really good time playing against uh, Florida State in the Rose Bowl. I don't know what year it was, 14, I believe it was, 2013 or 14. Um, that was that was a, a really nice bowl game. I grew up about 45 minutes, an hour away. I got a lot of tickets for my family to go. And playing in front of them, you know, was amazing. You know, so I, I had a couple big tackles in the in the first quarter, and um, you know that was awesome. You know, my family loved it. Um, I don't know, it, you know, the, those specifics. You know, it's hard for me to remember some specific things, but that that Florida State game was was one of my favorites, just being close to home and you know, and having those couple. I, I don't, of course, that UCLA game when I, when I had that uh, fake punt. That is memorable as well. I was nervous. I'm surprised I caught the ball, you know, five yards away. Like, I was so nervous to do that play, and uh, that that big punt was uh, pretty memorable too. So, you know, there, there's, there's a couple things, even the the, pick, the scoop and score touchdown that will always always kind of stick with me. But um, yeah, it, it was it was it's awesome. How can you forget the uh, the the Tony Tony Washington got the scoop and score because it, Jameis Winston yeah. just became a meme. Yeah, I know. You know what's funny is that there, there's a picture out there somewhere. Um, me and Tony were, like, reaching our hands out, trying to get the ball. And it just happened to bounce in his hands, you know. And I, if I believe correctly, I got yelled at for that play because I don't even think I was supposed to be there. I don't think I was supposed to cover the running back somewhere. I don't know. I just had a feeling. And I always joke with Tony. We end up being really good friends uh, in college and, it just bounced in his hands. It, I, I, I wish it bounced in mine. That would have been cool. But uh, we were both right there next to it. And um, it was kind of funny. If you watch that closely, I think I was looking behind or, or something. I thought I was going to bump into him and trip him. I bumped him a little bit. And I thought I was going to trip him and I was going to lose my mind. But um, I, I kind of slowed down a little bit. But, yeah, of course, that, that's a memorable play, memorable play as well. You know, I just wish it bounced a little bit to the right a little bit more <laughs> does uh does tony like kind of have that like as a one-up he's like yeah ronnie well, you know i was the one that picked that up yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we used to joke around about it you know that's why the ball bounced my way type thing but you know I, and of course we're on the same team it really doesn't matter right. at all yeah and tony's a really good tony's a really good guy but um you know this you know th- those memes are hilarious and they'll be there forever and uh it's just a that was, that was a real funny one. I almost forgot about that one. Um, I'm I'm actually glad you know when when I'm glad Brennan you know he mentioned the bowl games and then your first thought was the Rose Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know that was your junior season and that was probably your the bet the team's just best season overall. Um, you kind yeah, of the, I would you know, agree that. Um, you know your first uh in, you know in 2012 and 2013. Um, you had some both back the, both those years you had heartbreaking losses to Stanford and then your mm-hmm. junior year I mean you, you beat them and you also were able to beat them in your senior year too but that junior year you guys kind of you got off the snide beat Stanford 
Um, and then, you know, you beat Michigan State. That was another memorable win. But you guys were able to get to the Natty that year. Um, what was kind of a moment? Uh, it might not even be a moment. Maybe, like, a game. or so. what, what was, like, the biggest thing that you remember that's kind of stuck out with you during that season? Because we talked to we talked to Dwayne Stanford uh, back in December, and I, I asked him, like, kind of the same question like oh man during mm-hmm. that during that national championship season you know what was the moment that shook out and he was like he, he talked about i think after it maybe i think it was after the arizona loss that the the the, pra- the practice like maybe a day oh, or two yeah, after marcus. yeah he was like I remember marcus Mar- marcus was like getting after the players about like wearing the different types of socks or something uh yeah. I don't know if you have that like detail of a memory. <laughs> I mean, I, that no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't have that detailed of of, of those type of things. But I, I do. I do remember that incident. Um, I be, I believe that uh, that is the year we lost to Arizona at home. Correct. Yep. Um, that that loss uh, at home was hard. That that was a hard loss. And I feel like that was a big defining moment of, of I, I felt like everyone thought we should have won that game. There was a, we had a couple of dumb penalties. I, I think I ripped the guy's helmet off on the bottom of a pile out of, in the fourth quarter. That wasn't very smart. You know, we, we had a lot of dumb stuff happen at the end of that game. And um, I think our, our bounce back from that, you know, it was a, a, a big turning point in, in that season. And I think I, that was a great game. I hit that quarterback so many times. Like I, I, I love that. I the scheme of that game. DP did probably the the best job. He, I don't think he could prepare us better. But you know, it was nice getting that win in the Pac-12 championship um, against those guys. I, I believe they had negative rushing yards at halftime. I mean, that was like a a big you know we we turned it around. That was a big thing for me because mm-hmm. I, I kind of took it personal. I knew we should have won. You know, I, I really I live in Arizona now, so I, I, it bothers me. And um, but I think that was a big turning point of that season, and then also winning that game, that Pac-12 championship in uh, Levi Stadium. Um, you know that 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 was that was a good one for us, a good defensive game. That was a a, a good one. You know. Yeah, like. Uh, I know, like I mean, back when I was watching the game. Uh, Adam and Brennan, you guys might have had the same reaction, but like I was watching the first half, that was just probably the best defensive. That that was probably the best defense I've seen Oregon have in like one half the entire season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think you know, I would agree. I, it was a, it was a. I remember. I don't know. I don't ever pay attention to stuff like that outside stuff, but. I remember looking at the scoreboard and seeing the negative, and me and DeForest and Joe. Like I remember making a comment about it, and I, and I we just couldn't stop thinking of of when we lost, and I just have that image in my head, you know, of, of us losing that game. And um, but yeah, I, I, we we played very well, you know. And a lot of people got to play that game. We rotated everyone because, of course, we're gonna have the Rose Bowl, you know, next. I believe was after that. Um, but yeah, I think that was a. That was a big point in, in that year. I don't remember a lot of stuff, a lot of small stuff, but I think that was a that was a big one. Um, Adam, Brennan, do you guys have? Because uh, you guys have any other questions you're thinking of asking him? 
I'll throw it to Brennan. I think he's only asked one so far. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I asked Wayne Stanford the same question. I don't know if um, you cared about it at the time, but like probably your favorite uniform you probably wore your college career? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I like those ones from the, the Rose Bowl. You know, I, I like I like that green color. Those are nice. Personally, I don't know something. I, I liked wearing all black. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I like the all black uniforms. I like the black helmets um, with the silver wings. I think we just started to do that. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I don't remember a lot of specifics um, as far as what we we're wearing because honestly, to me, those things didn't matter at the time. Now I look at it like, oh, that was really cool. Or now that I'm I'm older, and of course you look at it after the fact, um, you know, you, you start to appreciate the things after. So, um, but I, you know, I like the all black uniforms. Those ones are awesome, and and yeah, the Rose Bowl ones. I, I like those. Okay, of course, everybody likes the, the throwback ones. Those ones are with the big. Uh, I think they had a, the UO on the helmet or on the shoulder or something. Those ones are nice too. Did you get to keep like any of them? Yeah, I actually had. Uh, I have a lot in my garage. I have a little uh, man cave now, so I, I kept a lot. I, I gifted a lot of them as well. Um, but yeah, I, I have some good ones. I have, a, I have a few. I think about ten, twelve, fifteen left of them. Yeah. Man, uh, God, I'm trying to think of like a uniform that you guys wore that was just bad. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Who, who could forget the 2015 season? You guys wore the Lewis and Clark uniforms. Were that do, those were the gray ones? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I liked what they were doing. I I, I get where the idea was, and maybe if everyone got to see them you know, up closer, they they would like it. But you know, you win some, you lose some. And have, <laughs> have you gifted you know, that jersey I, away? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I don't have that one anymore. <laughs> oh, but you know, there was a the green one. I think it was um, our last game in Alton against Oregon State. It was a similar top uh, in a, in a uh, Oregon green. Um, my, my, my now wife was pregnant at the time, and we have a, a picture on that field for like the senior day thing of me kissing her stomach wearing that jersey. And I believe she was wearing the Rose Bowl jersey. So I have those two jerseys. That, uh, you know, I'm never letting those ones go. Those ones are a little special to me just because, you know, uh, of that moment. But that that Lewis and Clark in the green version was a lot better. Uh, <laughs> I can say that much. Yeah, huh, for sure. <laughs> you know, Brennan obviously asked you the question about the Rose Bowl. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you kind of got in a little detail about some of the plays. Was uh, – was that a game that maybe I mean you you personally or just the team kind of like was more hyped than usual to, to to play because I know it's kind of a weird question because it was a college football playoff game but you know yeah. Florida State was I believe like twenty nine and zero or something entering yeah. that game and uh, they were undefeated uh, did oh. you kind of have extra maybe motivation or was it just a regular game for you. Um. Truly, it was just a regular game. And I think that's just the Oregon culture. And we try not to pay attention. Chip Kelly always said this thing, oh, we'll put our heads down and work and look up in December and see where we're at. 
And that's kind of what happened. Um, I didn't know anything about their winning streak. I know they had a really good tight end. I can't even think of his name. That I think we did a pretty good job. A running back that we held down did a pretty good job against him. And, of course, Jameis Winston. I think, um, you know, we did good. And truly, I, I don't know if there's anything special. Personally, for me, maybe just a little because it's my hometown and my family's gone. I got, you know, it, it's, it's special for me. But I think the big thing was just preparation. Um you have more the bowl games. You have more time to prepare. You know, we 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 spent a little bit. We had, I think, it was a whole. I don't even remember a whole month. I think that we knew that we were going to play them, and so I got to dissect everything. Hey, when they line up in this formation this way, and it's second and seven or less, this is what they're doing. And you give me enough time to go through that, and we're going to do good. You know, and then all we got to do is communicate that to each other. So. Having more time gave us uh, a better opportunity to prepare for, for them. So, you know, we had more answers and, and did a better job. But, you know, I, we really, uh, Oregon, try, maybe it was just me, I don't know. You know, trying not to pay attention to that other stuff um, at all. I really bought into that, and truly I didn't care. I just wanted to do good, really. Uh, um, I think one other question that I that's like um, I thought of, before, like, uh, before the podcast, and I'll probably ask you, uh, what was during your entire Oregon career? Uh, yeah. What was the best? Uh, who was the best player in your de- like player that you played with on defense? Defensive player that I played with, because um, there was a lot. You know, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner yeah. played, and they're dominating the NFL right now. Um, yeah, they're dominating the I same mean, as the college. I mean, we had um, we had Efo, uh, Troy Hill. Efo was good. Troy Hill. Um, I, you know, in my opinion, I will say I think DeForest Buckner. Um, he, he he did such a good job. It was hard to block him with one, two guys, um, and as a linebacker, that made stuff easier for us. And you know, being like the leader of the defense at the time, Efo was pretty quiet, but sometimes he spoke up. Um, it was nice to know, you know, D line was handled, you know, so he, he took he took care of that. Epo did a great job, uh, you know, as well, you know. Uh, he he's from uh, Southern California as well, uh, but I think the most dominant would be DeForest Buckner. This is his playing style, his athleticism, you know, and of course us, us being seniors together, I got to spend the most and closest time with him, you know, making some real decisions. You know about our, our our game stuff. You know with with him. So I think the forest. I don't, you see what he's doing now. I mean it, he he's you know he, he's doing very well on the Colts now. I believe um, it should be his next season. So I'm excited to watch him and and see how he progresses even more. That that kind of surprised me. Just be, I mean not. Sur- I mean it it kind of surprised me, but it doesn't like I, DeForest Buckner was just an absolute freak. Uh, but yeah, oh, I kind of yeah. thought I kind of thought like you were gonna like say maybe another a fellow linebacker was like like I mean I I think I think Kiko uh, Dion Jordan was a freak and I and I, I he was a young I was a young guy I remember one time he yelled at the team during a walkthrough on a Thursday a no sweat Thursday and he yelled at us for not taking it seriously and the guys messing around on the sideline or dancing and stuff like I I, I looked up to Dion a lot Dion Jordan. Um, he, he just looked like it. Uh, he, he was super tall, super long arms. He was super athletic. Uh, he was super smart. You know, 
uh, Kiko Alonso was super aggressive. He was one of those like football that just he just reacted and did well. Um, Kiko was 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 great as well. Um, I, you know, of course, those linebackers are are, are all, all up there. But I, I'm a, I say divorce because we were seniors together. Mm-hmm. I spent most I, I think I started last three years straight. You know, forty something games straight, um, and a lot of that you know I, I spent with with the forest do the good and the bad so um you know i i put dion up there his crazy sacks i think had a real you know against uh ucla in the pacto championship he was always fun to watch but personally you know i, I would say default a little biased but <laughs> yeah <laughs> looking maybe forward to the future yeah. Yeah. what are you seeing out of out of this Andy Avalos defense that's making them just so dominant now, being, you know, a top 10 defense in the country, top five? I, I think it's just the, the the secondary has been amazing, of course, with those guys back there. And and, and really, defense is easy. I mean, you, you take the ball away and you back them up. I mean, you can literally win a game on defense. So, I mean, it, it, it's without any, any other aspect of it. I think... Uh, some of the times during those five years at Oregon, we had really good, you know, you know, Ike Remington. We had, uh, you know, crazy guys on the D line. We had Kiko Alonso, Michael Clay, and but there were some times where we'll we'll let uh, a loose, we'll lock him down, and then we'll have, we'll have a deep ball go for fifty yards. You know, so I, I think the the cohesiveness of the defense, not missing a part or or or, or any aspect, of it, it's spelling, you know. It, Stuff that Troy Dye has done, and and uh, some of the big linemen that we just had, um, just working together. You know, I think the, the secondary has really stepped up, and 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 as far as taking the ball away, yeah, I think that's one of the the main things that the defense has to do is just back them up and take it away. And I think he's done a real good job scheming that and disguising that into a successful defense. You know, I think that's amazing. That was a great question that Adam brought up about the defense like your thoughts on the defense Ooh. now. Uh, you know, Troy Dye was kind of uh, an all-purpose linebacker. Uh, could really do everything in his time at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he – can you kind of maybe speak on watching maybe his development over his four-year career when he was at Oregon? Because he kind of – I mean, he was there in 2016. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you when you left in 2015 uh, – you know, I think the 2015 they lost a lot of linebackers, and 2016 was kind of that. Yeah, it was their young guys. Yeah, it, it was I remember. a lot of young guys, and Troy um, Dye was kind of the one that really stepped up. Were you kind of how, were you it, kind of impressed on what his development became? I mean, it, it was it's awesome to, to watch him grow, you know, and and to see him throw up that you know the linebacker status and represent all the guys that came from you know. It, it, it's awesome, man. I think he, I think Troy just had a real good instinct for for, for football, you know. And the, the, there was times where I knew what was happening, and I felt like my mind was good, but my body would fail me. And I, I you know, I've, I've had eight total surgeries by the time I graduated college, and I, I think I had eight or nine surgeries. And I think with with Troy, he had that street linebacker instinct. And he was mobile enough and, and aggressive enough, and it, it just fit perfectly well in, in that scheme. So I, it was nice to watch him grow. Like I said, with, with DP, uh, some of those young guys, you know, are little knuckleheads at first, but then they start to figure it out and do well. 
Troy just got it right away. And um, it, it's awesome, man, to see another linebacker throw up the LB status because, you know, we all appreciate that. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, maybe, uh, hey, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, Oregon's two new recruits. Uh, not It won't happen this year because we're not going to have a season, but 2021, <laughs> no. you know, you got Justin Flo and Noah Sue coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's always exciting to watch, man. I, I, I love it. Like I said, the, the, the wheels on the bus go round and round, and, you know, Troy hopped off, and now someone else will take the spot. You know, someone else will be that young guy becoming the new guy and the old guy teaching the young guys. And I, I love that about college football. I think that's what makes college a little bit more special um, and, uh, you know, a little bit more exciting. So uh, I'm excited to see what, what these crews have to come and, it's kind of sad we're not having a season. I, mean, I think we're all bummed out. We could have done a couple things to kind of make it happen. But I know everyone's missing that Duck football, so we'll be excited whenever it returns. Mm-hmm. Brian and Adam, do you guys have uh, you know anything else to ask Rodney? Well, I think I'm good. Yeah, we've covered a lot. Yeah, sorry, guys. I know uh, I played in a long time. I think it was like 15 years total. I don't <laughs> even know. Um and I, I've gotten a lot of hits, a lot of the concussions. Like, I don't remember a lot of details, so I don't know how detailed I was compared to Dwayne or, or anything else, but um, I, I appreciate it, you know, for giving me the chance to talk to you guys. I don't, you know, always ask me whatever you guys like. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll end it out with just one, uh, just one, one more question. What was – Yeah. We asked, we asked Dwayne this, and uh, he kind of gave us that answer that we would expect. Uh, what was the worst stadium that you had to play in? Oh. Dwayne Sanford said, I think, Oregon State. Oh, yeah. I think that place was horrible. Uh, no one likes the Beavers. And <laughs> I don't think in any, in any way. The color's horrible. The stadium's horrible. It smells there. Uh, <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't like them. Um, uh I, I would definitely say Oregon State. I really, it felt like a high school visitor's locker room that we were squeezed into. And yeah, I would definitely would say Oregon State as well. Not just, I mean, there are rivals. I, I just truly don't like them. Uh, who else was bad? I don't know. I think Cal. I think Cal was pretty, their, their uh, visitor's locker room was pretty bad. Um, the stadium's shaped a little weird. But, oh, Corrales <laughs> had this weird. They had this weird lump in the middle of the field. I felt like it wasn't completely level. Maybe it's just me. Um, I think Corvallis was in, or in Oregon State was the worst to play at. And their fans are just rude. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad that you're get, you know, for me, I mean, Brennan and Adam, they go, th- these guys go to multiple games a year. They, they, these guys know. I mean, I don't think they've been to – you guys haven't been to uh, – Corvallis, though, right? No, I haven't been there yet. Um, but they, they at least just know, wait, like... Just wait till they play in Eugene. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, like, I've... I mean, I've grown up in the Midwest my whole life. It's it's great to, like, just hear some... Uh, just, ex- I guess, first-hand experience about some of these West Coast colleges and just the, the stadiums. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's... It, I thought we played in front of a lot of people. So we went to one of the bowls. I think it might have been a national championship. And I was like, this is crazy. 
you know, so our, our Austin Stadium feels huge, but it's actually pretty small. You think about it. Um, of course, there's no place like Austin. I, I truly, I love that stadium. I love how it's built. I love, I love our halftime locker room. I love everything about it. I mean, I think Austin's the best up there, definitely in the Pac-12. Um, but yeah, some of the worst. I mean, the, the Oregon State fans. I remember them throwing beer and God knows what else uh, <laughs> on us as, as we. And they, oh, it was a long walk behind their thing too. I mean, uh, that Oregon State was. Um, it was always fun to walk out of there with the W. And and I think I, I was one of those uh, that that class that has never lost to Washington, never lost to Oregon State. Um, I mean, truthfully, there's other ones. I think it's. Uh, we never lost to UCLA, I believe, uh, Colorado. Uh, but it, it was nice. Those those two big schools. We never lost to Oregon State in a full class the whole our whole time in college. To Oregon State or Washington, and, and that was pretty nice to walk out of there. I mean, we're close, but it was nice to walk out of there with the, to keep that motion. Yeah, for sure. Like it just, uh, it's just something that I guess you and all the uh, you know twenty fifteen. Uh, the 2015 class can just always take, like they can always have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, there's a lot of, there's a lot of accomplishments and stuff. Um, but I, I think one of the most memorable things was just the, the, the time with the guys singing the alma mater in the locker room, you know, the fall camp, uh, you know, making the, the freshmen sing a song and hug a tree. I mean, there's a lot of those fun moments you know, out there, but we'll, we'll always remember being a part of that, that class and the first ever playoff, uh, playoff system, I think in 14, 13, whatever year it was. Um, there's a, there's a lot of good memories there. So I, I was grateful for my experience over at Oregon. I felt old. I felt like I was there forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what, I mean, with the way that 2020 has been going on, it feels like, uh, you know, this year has been like five years. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything just feels yeah, like I was, it... I was there for five years. Yeah. It, it felt like a long time. I think because I got that medical red shirt in my one of my, my first year, and everyone just thought, even I remember the reporters were asking, okay, what do you like? They, the reporters didn't know that I had another year. I remember one day after practice, I just broke it to them and said, yeah, well, I'll be here next year. And no one, no one knew that. So I, I, I was there. I felt like I was there forever. I was that old guy that kept having surgery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brennan, uh, Adam, do you guys have any questions before we kind of sign off here? No, I'm just really appreciate you on, though. Yeah, just a big thank you for coming on. It's great. Well, yeah, yeah, no problem, man. I, I got the uh, the message, that, you know, and I haven't done – I used to hate interviews. I remember I did the Pac-12 media day and my mom made me go do the Pac-12 media day. I didn't even want to go do that. Um, I hated talking to them after practice. Sometimes I would sit in the ice bath until they were gone. But, uh, you know, my, my wife now even talked me into it. She's like, why, why won't you do it? There's not really a reason why not. So I, 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 I appreciate you guys reaching out because, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't talk about it often, but it's nice to, you know, to, to talk about some stuff and live those old glory days, as they all say. Right. And then considering there's not going to be a season, this is probably the best we're going to get from Oregon football this year. <laughs> yeah, man. I, it, it's crazy. Well, 
if you guys have any other questions or anything, you can always reach back out. And, uh, you know, I, I got, I don't remember a lot, but I was there for quite a while. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, once again, man, we appreciate you, uh, you know, setting up your schedule for us, getting, uh, setting up some time, uh, to talk to us about your career. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, guys. I, I really do. Adam and Brennan, you, you guys too. Like, you guys did a great job um, setting this up and considering, uh, you know, fit the, to fit this all in and everybody's schedule was great too. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You guys have a good one. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they have some some. Something to change this year. We can get something going on, or some more podcasts, or some games. We, we got to get some more duck football around somewhere. So <laughs> I appreciate you guys doing this for everyone. And uh, I, 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 uh, uh, if you guys have any other questions, just let me know. Uh, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, guys. Go ducks. Have a good one.